Welcome to Fertility Awareness Project. I'm your host, Nat Dode. Oh, it's so good to have you on the podcast, Joy. Would you mind just starting by letting us know what cycle day you're on and how you're feeling? Oh, that's such a great way to open. I absolutely love that. I am feeling really good today. I, you know, woke up feeling very, very tired, but I don't know how somehow my energy kicked up and I'm feeling okay. Kind of once the sun hits my face, I'm doing a lot better. I love just incorporating fam into my every day as, as we, we always do. So I'm always aware of where I am in my cycle. So I'm on cycle day 17 right now. I am awaiting ovulation. I'm hoping it's coming soon. I've had lots of peak fluids, so I'm I'm hoping that it's coming. So this is like perfect timing to do <laughs> something like this because I'm right in my ovulatory phase and feeling really outward and my energy is going out. And I, yeah, so I just really appreciate this lining up of my cycle mm-hmm. in this podcast. <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> Right in the middle of your cycle. Well, thank you so much for being here on your day 17. Oh, I just have so much appreciation and admiration for the work that you do. And I wanted to have you on to kind of just chat because this is the first time that we've kind of like met outside of talking on Instagram. So I'm really excited to just kind of connect with you and chat with you and hear your take on a few fam related things that I'm excited to talk with you about. Do you want to kind of just share like how you came across fam and what led you to become a fam educator? Oh yeah, definitely. I think we all have like these very roundabout ways of finding fam. It's never like the same, (laughs) the same situation, but I was very, yeah, I was very fed up with the hormonal birth control I was on and I was very, I felt depressed. I felt I had no libido, which I thought was just like an oxymoron because I'm like, it's not even birth control at this point. It's just the fact that I'm not even having sex because I don't even want to. And, and that was just like not working for the relationship that I was in and the place in my life that I was in. And I, I just like had this feeling that there had to be something more out there and I didn't really have uh, a huge idea of what that would be but I came off of birth control and I I stumbled upon Lady Comp which is kind of the sister device to Lee um, or what's called Daisy and so I started using that and it was helpful because I was I had some idea of when I was fertile but I still had no idea how it was spitting out these predictions to me so if somebody doesn't know Lady Comp and Daisy they give you red, yellow, and green lights, depending on when you're fertile. And, you know, I just still was not happy with that. I still needed to know, but like, why? But why is it giving me a green? Why is it giving me a red? I just, I don't know, I'm too nosy, I guess. And so that wasn't, uh, that wasn't enough for me. And so I started to look into, you know, what goes behind the devices. And I started to look into fertility awareness was what I found, which led me to some different methods and I ended up settling on learning the Justice method because I ended up moving to Edmonton, which is where it was founded, coincidentally. So I started learning from some educators there and very quickly realized that I wanted to be a part of this movement and I wanted to be a part of getting fertility awareness more mainstream, just helping women and menstruators find 
that there is this non-hormonal option that is very effective and that they don't need to you know, suffer through all these side effects of birth control because it's their only option, which I think I use air quotes on only option, because I think we are so used to only hearing that it is the only option. So it kind of transformed my life. And then I just wanted to, as many of us do, we wanted to kind of tell the world about it. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. I think that's really cool how like wanting to kind of dig under the surface of how Lady Comp was working and why it was working. And then also just kind of like not settling with your method of birth control is how you found fertility awareness. I think there's so many, like you said, there's so many commonalities between our stories, even Mm -hmm. though they're very different. And I think there's this undercurrent of body literacy and just this power of knowledge of like understanding how and why your body's doing the things that it that it is and using that for contraception so I think that's super cool and I also think it's so fascinating as a side note that Edmonton is this hub of fertility awareness in Canada I think that's really cool I know like so many educators from Edmonton it's so funny funny. and I didn't I didn't even know that when I moved there I had just kind of stumbled upon uh, a different method taking charge of your fertility and I, I still had a lot of questions because it is a book And it just so happened that I was looking for events to go to, to meet people because I was completely new to the area. And by luck, Facebook pumped out, you know, the fertility awareness charting circle, which happens at this cute little cafe. And that's where I went and I met with um, Rose Uchuk and Chloe Skurlak for the first time and became their like circle groupie because I was always at them despite like it was mostly a one and done people would come learn about fam and then go do their own thing but I was a recurring person who wanted to come back and back because I just found it so interesting (laughs) and every time I went I learned something from them so it was it was really cool it's such a like I'm just so thankful that I moved there and that I found it because it changed the whole trajectory of my life Mm, oh that's yeah that's so cool I like that circle groupie (laughs) you can ask them that's really funny (laughs) I I know people would be curious because I've never had I've never learned justice and I've haven't taken the justice teacher training I would love to hear what your experience was going through that training because I know it's quite an in-depth training and I know it's almost like doing a master's degree in the length of it and in the depth of it. So I'd be super curious what your experience was going through Justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is definitely one of the more lengthy and in-depth programs out there for sure. So it is a two-year program, mostly self-paced, but they give you, you know, that two, two-year timeline that you should be able to complete it in. And I really thoroughly enjoyed the program. I, I came out of it with a lot of skills under my belt that I, you know, didn't even know that I would need in teaching fertility awareness to to people. And just the method itself aligned with a lot of my values. So, you know, the justice method, justice meaning, you know, justice in French, the idea behind it was to have a method out there that was completely secular. So not including it, not including any aspect of religion, or it tries to tries to be inclusive, not just focused on heteronormativity and, you know, inclusive to LGBTQ, 2S plus folks. So it's just kind of aligned with a lot of my values that I already had. Whereas when I was looking into some of the other methods, I just, I couldn't get past the man and woman and, you know, like marriage has to be involved. Like just, just those things to me, it just is so 
so beyond <laughs> what I needed and what what I valued. So I just was really happy when I found Justice because it was so much more similar to to what I was hoping for out of a method and and one that I wanted to teach to people. I wouldn't really feel that it was a represent a representation of me if I'm teaching it. And I don't really agree with the fact that, you know, it's only for married couples or, or whatever. And these are just examples, but yeah. So the program itself was, is really phenomenal. I, I learned a lot and I had some really fantastic instructors that, you know, really guided me and answered my questions and supported me. And even on the rough days, you know, talked me through it and, and helped me. So it was, it was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I felt prepared when I left. Mm, yeah, I think you're, I think you're so right in that. Justice is one of the very few recognized secular fertility awareness trainings and it's really too bad that I think for a lot of programs they really just have not made it to where we are in society and some of them are still really behind in like a lot of the ideology and it's really sometimes tricky to choose a fertility awareness training because sometimes it feels like there's no right training like there's going to be a con that's very significant with whatever you choose but it sounds like with justice there's like a lot of strengths to the actual training and some of the ideology did you have to do like what what was the practicum component in the justice training like what did that look like yeah so in the second half of the program so it's separated kind of by a year loosely as I said it's kind of like self-taught like not self-taught but you can kind of choose your timeline but within the two-year period if that makes sense so sometimes you can Mm -hmm. take something a little bit longer some things can take shorter it depends on kind of where your skills lie so for someone like me some some aspects of it were super easy because I love writing essays and I can pump out an essay in a night Mm. but then for some people you know the anatomy section would be a lot tougher for them me being one of those people so it kind of (laughs) flip-flops around to being like, you know, what are your strengths and what can you do in a certain amount of time? But the practicum side is ideally in the second year, you have to work with 10, a minimum of 10 clients, and they want them to be wide-ranging in what they're using the method for. So ideally, you want to have like a postpartum client, you want to have a client who's working it for birth control, client who's trying to achieve pregnancy, a client who's coming off of birth control very recently, just, you know, all those different parameters that we might see in our practice so that we're more familiar with it when we are actually doing it out there without uh, the direct supervision of our of our instructor. So yeah, 10, 10 people basically working with them for about three to four months. And then for each one of them, you have to complete a case management report, which is a very lengthy document, basically outlining what was presented in their charts, what you recommended based on that, and what evidence-based practices are behind what you recommended. So, you know, why did you recommend they look into increasing their iron or, you know, wh- whatever it might be with their cycle that you recommended? What uh, is there behind those recommendations that um, that you know of? And then kind of you get these these great documents which have lots of citations and lots of studies behind them that are great to reference in the future. So, yeah. That's super fascinating. I also, I'm doing my Billings practicum right now and 
the documentation is just like so extensive. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I am spending just as long probably writing reports as I am doing my <laughs> practice teaching, right. um, which is super helpful. Like I think it is is really important in the process of certifying, and it's why we have like so much basis to why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I I'm super curious personally because I've gone through two trainings. One had a little bit less supervision and the second has a lot more supervision Mm -hmm. do you did you feel like you had the support of supervisors or mentors when you had for example like a case that was super challenging or like did you feel like there was a level of communication throughout the training as you were doing it yeah I really do and I can only speak for like the instructor I had but from my understanding this is pretty common but my instructor was Lisa Leger, and she is just like this powerhouse of an amazing woman who was so helpful. Whenever I had anything I was stuck on, you know, we we met pretty much either weekly or biweekly, depending on kind of where I was at and what support I needed. But, you know, we would just flush out like, OK, so what was presenting in the chart? What did you recommend? And then if I was missing anything or if there was something she saw a problem with, she would say like, oh, well, what about this or you know, present me with some other ideas. So she was very, very supportive and just so encouraging. There were so many times, like I always, it was always funny because whenever I feel really overwhelmed and thinking like, maybe I should take a break from the program. I'm like, you know, this is, this is a lot. Like I work full time. So fertility awareness instructing and becoming an educator and being in school was all this like after work hours. So after I'd already worked a full day or whatever, and it was always deep in my luteal phase that I would feel like, oh, I just can't, I can't do this. And for somebody who's listening, who doesn't know, that's like kind of just before my period, like when things are just a little bit too much. And Lisa would always kind of say, well, Joy, like, you know, where are you in your cycle? Let's kind of reflect on that as well. And kind of bring me back down, which was really, really appreciated. And I, I really did need it sometimes. So I, yeah, I had a fantastic instructor, so I had a a really great experience with all that support from the the college. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's super cool. Like taking into account where you are in your cycle, it just makes so much sense when you're doing a training like that, but I feel like it's not something that's commonly done in a lot of trainings, but obviously Mm -hmm. would impact how you're feeling about all the material and Mm -hmm. (laughs) what you're taking on. Yeah, because yeah, it's so it is so interconnected. That is mm-hmm. that is super cool. And justice as a method is, am I right in saying that it's similar to Creighton in that there are a lot of cervical mucus categories that are very specific, and then you can add on temperature in justice if you want to. Is that right? Yeah, like mostly we do both. Mostly we have clients who will do cervical mucus and basal body temperature, but we do have some clients who just want to focus on their cervical mucus. And as you said, the categories are quite extensive and very, you know, there's lots of mixing and matching with, you know, color and stretch and, you know, so it's all very customizable, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, people do both both cervical mucus and and temperatures but you can you can do it with just mucus as well Mm. I have a manual like a justice manual and I've looked at the cervical mucus categories and it's a totally different way of of like the femme slash billings approach 
which is like you have <laughs> three or less categories of mucus with with justice it seems like there's so many options that like you can yeah you can mix and match and it's super customizable so that's yeah that's super cool I just love I just love nerding out and hearing about all the different methods like the more you learn the less you know in my experience (laughs) definitely that is very very true like I had no idea what Pandora's box I was opening yeah when I started looking into fam because now it's just become like literally as I said it's like my whole world now and it's just so yeah. many methods and so many views and studies and statistics and all these things and it's yeah you just very quickly learn that you know nothing <laughs> I know right I just yeah like, <laughs> the longer you do it the less you know I swear like it's very humbling yes <laughs> that is super cool and my last question about justice is do you know where like do you know what the temperature rules are similar to like is it similar to like a taking charge of your fertility elevated cover line if you know or is it is it something totally different that's actually a really good question I'm trying to think I don't really remember taking charge of your fertility if I'm honest because I didn't do it for that long but yeah ours is pretty I would say it's pretty similar because I transferred I went from one to the other quite easily so I would say probably I mean basically you just take your temperature plot it on the chart and then to draw our you know cover line our baseline we're just using the six over three rule Mm -hmm. which is just six low temperatures three high temperatures and the cover line goes right in the middle in basic terms there's obviously more to that but in basic terms you know that's kind of what it is so that's how we kind of differentiate cool oh that's super cool thanks for sharing all that with me yeah if you're tired of waking up at the same time each morning to take your bbt or you find it near impossible to get an accurate temp with kids night shifts or irregular sleep schedules temp drop was created with you in mind temp drop is a wearable basal body thermometer that takes your temp throughout the night and finds your most accurate temperature i love temp drop because it doesn't do the charting for you you take your temp drop temps and put them into an app a charting app like read your body for example for 12% off any TempDrop package, use the code NATD when you go to tempdrop.com. I would love to hear for my for myself being a fam educator is so intermingled. Like working with people who are cycling really does have an impact on my cycles and whether it's just like the awareness of my cycle is heightened because a lot of what I'm doing every day, like mm-hmm. living and breathing is fertility awareness. I, I find that that does really impact my own experience of cycles. And also I think there's just like this energetic like impact that having a cycle and working with cycling people and kind of being tuned in to this collective awareness of cycles has on myself I do notice I have a lot of as people know a lot of cycle irregularities and I have really long cycles and I have always had really long cycles I would love to hear as a fam educator what your experience has been 
charting your own cycle? What's challenged you and surprised you as you chart with fam and teach other people? Oh, yeah. It's so, I know exactly what you mean. Like you're almost hyper in tune (laughs) with your cycle because you kind of know all the possibilities of what different things could mean, or at least you know some of the possibilities, which is good and bad (laughs) because then we're kind of doing that, like Googling, like, am I dying because my toe hurts? (laughs) Whereas like with your cycle, you're like, well, I don't know. What could this mean? What could this mean? And, And there's so many things that it could be. And I know exactly what you're saying. And I can totally, you know, validate those feelings for you, especially. But um, I would say my, you know, I've found that my cycles have changed over the last, give or take, four years of charting. And it's very interesting to see those changes. And especially with me in the last, I would say, year or so, my cycles have gotten longer, too. Mm. And for the first time I had what's called an anovulatory cycle. And I just like to outline things just in case people don't know what everything is, but just meaning that I had a really long cycle that ended without any real positive temperature shift or any kind of evidence of ovulation happening. And that one was like a 60, I think it was like 66 days or something. It was such a long cycle, right? And you get to the end of those cycles or, you know, you're in your 50 or 40 days even. And you're like, what the hell is going on? It's like exhausting. Yeah. It just gets so, it gets so like disheartening and just yes. sad because you're like, I just don't know what's happening. I don't know what I could do to help. Um, But again, like we know these things of what can help theoretically, but when you're experiencing it yourself, you feel really helpless. Um, And and so that's kind of what I've been what I've been trying to adjust and deal with. And I think a huge part of that has been the pandemic and dealing with COVID-19, I think you know, that's had an impact on my cycles, just because it's changed my lifestyle completely. I, I, you know, I'm a very active person. And I play lots of sports. I'm not exactly like a person to go lift weights and, you know, I don't get that much fun out of it. So that's not my, my ideal kind of exercise. And so when the pandemic hit, I wasn't working out as often and I, I did gain weight. And I mean, the weight gain isn't nearly as big of an issue for me at all. It was just the change in my cycles that I saw that I was like, Oh wow. Okay. We need to kind of reconfigure the diet you're gonna have to start lifting some weights or doing some kind of exercise joy and kind of seeing those changes happen, which is which is the beauty of FAM as well, is that, you know, when you do implement something, you do have this tangible, you know, record of if that change will make any difference in your cycle. And so, you know, if you start, as I said, increasing your workouts and that kind of impacts your body positively, you'll see that reflected in your menstrual cycle. And so as I've made these changes, things are starting to go back to a normal amount. My cycles are usually under 40 days now, so I'm, I'm still looking to get them a little bit closer to the 30s, but I'm happy with kind of the progress that's happened. And it is good and bad that we have this record of what's going on with our bodies because we know or can have any idea of what could help. But again, then we have to face it day to day of looking at this cycle, especially when you get into those 60s or 70s, or I know you just had your really long cycle. And it just really is disheartening. Oh, there's so much in that that I resonate with. Joy. <laughs> I think I think you're so right. Like, I think it's a blessing and a curse. And I often tell my clients this too. I think like, this hyper awareness of the cycle can be sometimes 
like it can often sometimes create problems where there would not have been problems Mm -hmm. (laughs) like sometimes I'm like if I didn't know all this like would I would I still be like thinking about it and Mm -hmm. agonizing over it but at the same time yeah like but at the same time I think you're so right like we can see the impact of both like positive changes that we make to our cycle like changes in diet or supplements or lifestyle reducing stress changing exercise all these things and then you also see the impact of like external stressors on your life starting to show up in the cycle. And I really do think that there are people who are more sensitive to it than others. Like mm-hmm. you have people who will experience all these stressors and will not sh- like show anything in their cycle. And then yeah. you have other people who are very sensitive to like any any little change or stress and someone told me recently, they were, I was talking to them about this, and they were like, yeah, I think those people are the canary in the coal mine. Like, I think we are all being impacted by this stress, whatever it might be, like external, mm-hmm. environmental, um, and internal stress. And mm-hmm. I think the people who are showing it in their cycles are just like the canary in the coal mine, basically. Um, and that made me feel a lot better, too. <laughs> I was like, okay. And yeah, I think the pandemic, like, I really do not think we can underestimate the impact that that's had on our beings like Mm -hmm. not only just the daily change in lifestyle like you were saying but also just the stress and uncertainty um Mm -hmm. I think that I don't know about you but I just have had so many so many clients who who've struggled with this in the past couple years now like Mm -hmm. well over a year and a half so yeah. yeah, like how do you, when you're feeling really discouraged, like when you're on day 40, 50, and you're like, I don't know when I'm going to ovulate, I don't know what's happening, how do you stay grounded and not get discouraged? Like, do you mm-hmm. take breaks from charting? Do you have like mantras you tell yourself? Do you, like, what, what are some things that help you? Yeah, that's, it's such a good question because, you know, we're taught to teach chart every day, don't miss a day, don't miss a cervical mucus check, but I think there's a time and place for taking a break. There's times in those long cycles where I'll stop taking my temperature and just focus on cervical mucus. There's times where I'll just stop both and I'll just use protection if, you know, like condoms or withdrawal, condoms and withdrawal if that's what my partner and I are okay with just kind of like meeting myself where I'm at and really sensing if I have that energy to put Mm. anything into charting. And if I don't, I just need to respect that and kind of back away for a bit until maybe I get that, that next bleed to restart and to feel a little bit better about it. But yeah, I think that's a huge piece of it is just being okay with taking a break. And like, there's no harm in that as long as you're you know, comfortable with the risks of just using protection and not knowing particularly where you are in any day, which we've been fine with in the past. So then I'll just take a break and kind of, that gives me a little bit more capacity to deal with other things in my life if I'm feeling really overwhelmed. So I don't know, that's, that's definitely something I do. I think if I'm feeling that way as well, and I'm, I'm deep in that, that cycle and no ovulation seems to be on its way, then yeah, kind of just respecting that and, and putting more energy into other things. Like I try to focus on different ways to, to de-stress, as you said, and to kind of focus on my self-care. So for me, that looks like 
as I said, some form of exercise, hanging out with friends, alone time, taking baths, um, being by water, going swimming, anything that kind of makes my my heart happy is a really good one. But and taking a day off of work as well, if that's something that would that would help. But yeah, it's it's all dependent on the cycle. But yeah, definitely taking breaks is is a good one. Thank you for sharing all of those beautiful insights. Like it really, what I heard is that when charting gets in the way of you listening to your body and honoring yourself, that you don't need to push yourself to chart, like to list, to put your body first, basically that like Mm -hmm. charting can be an amazing tool, but when it's causing any type of stress or when you're like putting too much mental energy into it, then it's okay to take a break. And I think, yeah, I think that comes with experience too. Like, I think when you've been charting for a long time, you do have an awareness and like really deep understanding of like, if ovulation were to happen, you would kind of know based on your cervical mucus. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think you're right for people who maybe don't have a ton of experience, like relying on the efficacy of barrier methods, for example, and not Mm -hmm. kind of knowing exactly where you are in your cycle. If you're okay with that risk, I think is important to mention too, but yeah, it can just be incredibly discouraging. Mm-hmm. And it, it also, like, I, I find too, I don't know if you find this, but like when you're in those long cycles and you know all of the things that should be working, like you know all the things you should be doing and you mm-hmm. are doing them and you're still not noticing a difference, mm-hmm. that's, where I, that's where I have to tell myself like, okay, I know all of these things are still beneficial to me and they're still part of my self-care even if they're not making a direct impact on my cycle like even if Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing movement on my cycle all of these things that I do to support myself are beneficial and um, Mm -hmm. make me whole and like even like I'm not a failure if I'm not seeing Mm -hmm. those changes in the cycle too so I find that can be challenging as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of those things where we're so much kinder to others than ourselves. And I think Mm -hmm. if it was a client who had said, you know, like, I'm doing all these things and nothing's happening, you know, we wouldn't say like, okay, well, just abandon them, you know, whatever. (laughs) We would never say that. We would say, you know, it takes time to make changes that, you know, maybe the reason for these long cycles is, is built up over many months. And, you know, changing that doesn't just happen from one week of decreasing your stress right yeah it's a it's a longer process and it's so easy to say that to clients but to take that information in for ourselves is a lot harder so that would be what I would say back to that is it ever is it ever like oh my goodness yeah (laughs) (laughs) only we could speak so kindly to ourselves and with so much understanding compassion hey I know and I'm just thinking about that and I'm like don't doctors say that like doctors make the worst patients I feel like educators make the worst (laughs) charters sometimes (laughs) just because we're so like we're so hyper aware that it's almost like a yeah it's just not a it's not helpful sometimes (laughs) no and yeah asking that question like is it helpful to like I think if it's if (laughs) something I tell my clients it's like if it's causing you stress stress is not good for your cycle Mm -hmm. and for hormone health and like if it's causing you stress then it's something that you need to reevaluate and reevaluate your relationship to you know it's Mm -hmm. like all about it's all about that so Mm -hmm. has it been like how has it been I guess I know for me 
a lot of people are really surprised when they hear that like as a fan educator I don't have regular cycles and I often get like a lot of really amazing feedback from people being like you know I feel so much better about my long cycle because you're sharing about it I get very little like um, unsolicited advice people are just like amazing how has it been like sharing with people in your life or like sharing online like do you feel this pressure to have a regular cycle because you're a fam educator or how have you like kind of integrated that into being a fam educator if that makes sense yeah no definitely that's like a whole another layer to being a fam educator because you want to you know you want to present this like healthy version of yourself and you know when things are off with your cycle you're you're kind of like, oh, does this make me like not as good of an educator? I, like if I don't know, and it can just be, yeah, just like <laughs> you just start to question yourself. And I think it was tough for me at first because I've always had like pretty regular cycles, like since I've come off of birth control many years ago, up until pretty much, you know, the past like, I don't know, year, let's say year, under a year probably. But and so to see that change for me was really crazy because I was so used to having you know these pretty textbook looking cycles I had like no extra mucus outside of my fertile window and and now I definitely have like more mucus with longer cycles where there's ovulation not necessarily happening within the window that I used to have it in and yeah I did feel a lot of shame at first around that because I I wasn't even sure at first what it was from and I still I mean I still don't know I'm just kind of making changing making changes according to what I think it is but I think it does like every time I share that with a client it really does make them feel more open and makes them feel that they can be more truthful and to be more able to share any of their cycle concerns or whatever with me and to not feel so like it's it's very self-conscious <laughs> like we're very aware of the fact that our chart is kind of like looking into the deepest parts of our bodies and you know there's so much information on them that you are telling like a story in a way and sharing that with someone is is a really like special thing in my opinion like I think it's you know it's a very sacred thing that we have this this chart that tells us exactly what's going on with our bodies and so I think when you share that with someone and they tell you that like oh I also have these these kinds of things pop up in my chart it kind of creates a, a better I don't know, sharing environment, I guess. And again, it's never been badly received when I share like, oh yeah, I, I had an anovulatory cycle like this one. And, you know, here's here's how I kind of managed going back into the next cycle or, you know, here's how I made myself feel better in, in the later part of that cycle or, or whatever I had. And yeah, it just is very, very well received. And I think that uh, I kind of built it up in my head to be that people would question me as to why I had these cycles or whatnot. I don't know. I don't know what we do, but we, we come up with these wild stories in our brains. And it was not that experience for me at all when I did share, share it with um, different clients and, and friends and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're so right when, when you say like, there is this like kind of questioning of, of yourself as an educator, because you're like, well, you know, like, 
I should have these cycles that are really great because I should be taking care of myself and my hormones and my cycles and doing all these things. But sometimes the link isn't so direct, you know, like sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not so easy as just like making this change and and seeing that effect on your cycles. And Mm -hmm. I also think that's so true about like our charts telling a story. It really is like an intimate and sacred thing to to show someone your chart and like there has to be an element of trust in that too like mm-hmm. that it will be received in a way that like honors what what's on your chart because it is it it is like very very intimate and it tells a mm-hmm. story um mm-hmm. yeah which is why charting is so cool I think mm-hmm. <laughs> well I think it's like yeah it's like a diary it's like showing someone mm-hmm. a diary you know like yeah here's here's what I did from day to day and like here's how much I had sex or you know whatever like yeah you don't necessarily show that to just anyone so you know kind of building that trust and and relating to a client's chart is is really helpful to kind of build that relationship of you know like this is okay and it's not bad and I, I feel that sometimes when clients bring their charts to me they're like oh I'm so sorry you know I, I missed this day and you know they're really apologetic like I'm gonna get them in trouble or something and it's like you know you kind of have to remind them this is your practice and I'm I'm here to guide you and I'll tell you how to make it the most effective but however you implement it is is kind of what your charting practice is going to be I'm not going to grade you badly <laughs> or something you know <laughs> so I think that's that's just something to mention too yeah I get that a lot too people are people are self-conscious about like missing days or not yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and I I think there's this like bad grade fear for sure <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah yeah <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to mention about your own relationship to how your cycles shifted in the last little while um no, not really. I think it is just kind of like reflecting on what I would tell a client or, you know, what I would recommend they do and then following my own advice because it's it's so easy to be discouraged and to be, you know, feeling helpless about any kind of irregular or cycle irregularities going on. So it, uh, I don't know, just, just remember that it takes a while to change anything and especially with our cycles, it's going to take consistency and time and patience so that's all I'll I'll say (laughs) words of wisdom (laughs) for myself yeah yeah (laughs) I would love to hear joy what your vision is for first the work that you're doing like for your business and like teaching fertility awareness and and kind of like what's on the horizon for you And I would love to hear what your vision is for fertility awareness as a whole. Mm. Oh, I know. I think about this so often. (laughs) It's so easy to daydream. I think, you know, primarily when I started doing the program through Justice, I wanted to create a, you know, business, but that was focused on accessibility and offering it specifically to I mean, I want to focus on Indigenous peoples. I am Indigenous. I'm Ojibwe, if anyone kind of doesn't know that side of this, because we haven't talked about it. But that's a huge part of my being. It's a huge part of why I wanted to do this as well, because, you know, birth control is usually very, you know, an unnatural process. It disconnected me from my body and it didn't feel like it aligned with my values as an Indigenous person. And I, 
again, didn't know that there was another option out there. And when I found FAM, I was kind of blown away at the the possibilities of it, especially within, you know, Indigenous communities and kind of offering something that would would at least connect women or menstruators with their cycles and kind of bring that body connection back in a way. So I would love to just continue offering FAM services to Indigenous people and, you know, making it accessible by whatever means possible. And, you know, I have worked with a couple of people from from my reserve, from my community, which has been really special and, and just so nice to to reconnect them with their bodies. And like, it's such a privilege to do that. So I just want to keep doing that as much as possible and reaching out to to those people and, you know, just seeing if there's any way that we can kind of bring bridge the gap between fam and um, really BIPOC people in general, because I think it is like a very white dominated space, which like we can all agree, <laughs> agree on. It's yeah. very, it's yeah. a very, yeah, it's a very white space, which is, you know, which is fair, but I think we need to also consider how we can branch out and include other voices and yeah, just kind of transform the different methods because they started out of one thing, but they can definitely transform to include others more appropriately. So that's like a, a huge, a huge part of it, I would say. Fam in general, oh, I just like, I love seeing the growth that it's already having. Like it's almost intimidating <laughs> how much growth Fam is getting in the last like four years since I've been charting, you know, like Facebook groups that talk about Fam are, you know, up in the tens of thousands and you know when when a reel or you know a video goes viral on Instagram I'm getting you know tons of messages and it there's this need and this craving from women or menstruators to have this connection to their bodies and to not be on hormonal birth control and just once they find out there's this other option it uh, kind of blows people's minds as it did mm -hmm. mine and I'm sure as it did yours so I think just continuing to see that growth. And I would just love to, you know, keep offering my services the way I'm doing them. It's what I can kind of contain and, you know, keep track of right now, which is just, you know, one-on-one -on -one work with people and making sure that they're clear on everything. But I think in the future, it's, it's going to be a lot of fam charters out there. And it's a really exciting movement to be a part of. And I, I really look forward to its growth. And I have no doubt that it's going to continue to gain popularity yeah I there's so much in there that I'm like yes yes I love this vision <laughs> like like your personal vision is so linked to your greater vision of fam and like just having people have fertility awareness as an option so they don't feel like birth control is their only option is is what I'm hearing and I I totally agree and I also think there's so much there with talking about like racism within fertility awareness and like whiteness within fertility awareness. And I just loved what you said about fam being this, like so aligned with your values as an indigenous person. And like, it really, it, it really, I could just see as you were speaking, I could just see that like connection with like your body and with your values as you, as, as you started charting and like, gaining that body literacy is like this potential for so much change within like your own body but like within your community as well and like yeah I, I think there's so much potential and like so much need for this information but it has to come from from people who are not white because there's like 
there's this legacy of fertility awareness that is so steeped in Christianity mm-hmm. and, you know, like heteronormativity and, and I think there's like a movement to kind of change that. Um, I think we are like working towards fertility awareness that suits more people than just white Christian uh, women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. so yeah, I, th- I think like it's just so important. And yeah, there's just so much to be done with that too. Would you be willing to speak to, I know you've talked about the name of your business. Would you be willing to speak to like the importance of that name um, Mm -hmm. and what it means to you and the work that you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a big, you know, feat to decide like, okay, what am I going to name this new business of mine that's focused on fertility awareness, but I wanted to incorporate some form of my indigeneity with that. And, you know, I love alliterations first and foremost. And so I knew I wanted to focus on an F, which is like hilarious because it did bring me to the, to the best name. So my, my business name is full moon fertility. And I wanted to focus on the full moon because that is a really important time of the month for Indigenous women, especially, or Indigenous menstruators, I should say, as well, because it's the time of ceremony. That's the time we kind of return. I should speak as well. I'm just speaking for Anishinaabe people, so Ojibwe people, it's going to be very different for many different types of Indigenous people. So I'm just speaking for Anishinaabe people, but we kind of go into ceremony and usually that revolves around the full moon itself, you know, grandmother moon, as we call her, or nokomis, which is uh, the Anishinaabe word for it. It's just a really great time to recenter ourselves, to give thanks. We give sema or tobacco to a sacred fire. And before we do so, we kind of thank the the moon for all that uh, she's done for for that cycle and what we are hoping for in the next cycle. So it's just like this very special time. And, you know, last cycle, I was able to attend a a ceremony with my mom. And it was so special because I hadn't been able to do so because I had been, as I said, living in Edmonton. And then when I moved home, pretty much immediately COVID hit. (laughs) So we didn't really have a time to go to ceremony for, for at least a year. So it was just really special to be able to go and to give thanks and to acknowledge all that my mom means to me as well, because, you know, we're very, like, very focused on mothers and we're like the matriarchy and kind of focusing on, on that side of life, because that's, those are the people that are, you know, the life givers and with the most importance in our, I don't know, in our values. So it was just so special to have her there. And it just kind of reaffirmed that I definitely named my business appropriately and Mm. that it kind of pays homage to the full moon cycle as well with our menstrual cycle. You know, that's a huge part as well, depending on if you're bleeding or ovulating with the moon, what, what type of energy you're giving off, but then also including that it's a a sacred time for Anishinaabe people. So it was, it was definitely like a, a great crossing of, of um, special things in my life. Yeah. Yeah, and what a great affirmation that you're like, yes, this was the right name. And like mm-hmm. that, yeah, like that connection to healing for yourself and, and probably for more than just yourself as well and naming that and being a part of that. So that's that's really amazing. Thank you for sharing that beautiful story with me. 
Um, of course. I think, yeah, I think that's a really great segue into uh, letting folks know where they can find you and what you're up to right now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So you can find me at fullmoon.fertility on Instagram. You can find me at www.fullmoonfertility.ca. And I think on Facebook as well, if you just type in full moon fertility, you should be able to find my page. You know, right now I'm just focused on working with clients one-on-one, as I said, and giving all my effort to them and to connect them with their cycles. So if that's something you're interested in, come and reach out and I, I will fit you in as quickly as I possibly can. And that's kind of where I'm heading for now, maybe a course or class in the future, but I think I'm I'm more than busy with <laughs> just working with people <laughs> one-on-one. So I think I should just, you know, take a, take a moment and focus on that before I try and broaden anything. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, I look at all this stuff that you're doing and I just like, like, how is Joy doing all this? Like having a full-time <laughs> job and teaching fam, like it is a lot. Um, it is a lot. And like, yeah, if you're able to really give your all to the clients that you have, I think that's the best mm-hmm. thing that you can do. I think that's amazing. Thank you for sharing all that. And I love following you on Instagram. I always am entertained by your reels. And um, (laughs) I just think that your Instagram presence is very beautiful in so many ways. So thank you for sharing that with the world. And it was really great getting to chat with you. Thanks for being willing to come on the podcast, Joy. Thank you for having me, Nat. This was absolutely a pleasure. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I really, really appreciate you. If you want to continue learning from me, you can find me on Instagram at Fertility Awareness Project. And if you haven't yet taken FAM Fundamentals, it's a free video course that I've created to get you started and get you up and running with fertility awareness as birth control. You can get your copy of FAM Fundamentals free when you go to fertilityawarenessproject.ca slash fam dash fundamentals. All right, I'll see you in the next episode.